Welcome to the X29 Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Metters. The call to equip the saints for the work of ministry is one we should all take to heart. Not only because the Bible tells us to, but because it's necessary to plant healthy, multiplying churches. But for those setting out to plant a church, often access to robust, theologically rich training is not always possible or available. While Acts 29 Equip was developed for groups and individuals to learn online at their own pace, existing right in this space. It offers world-class content from well-known and respected leaders. So joining me on the podcast today is the director of A29 Equip, Rob Barreth. Rob planted Redeemer Church in Bellingham, Washington in 2007. He holds an MDiv from Gordon Conwell and his wife, Katie, have him and his wife, Katie, have four kids. Well, Rob, welcome to the X29 podcast, bro. Thanks for having me, Jeff. Glad to be here. Now, I know that I just said you're in Bellingham, Bellingham, Washington, and I'm in Houston, Texas. So let's do a little comparison for our global listeners there. What is the weather like in that part of the United States today? Today, it is... Uh sunny and like 46 degrees. So it's kind of, yeah, it's a miracle. So it stopped raining. We get about three days of sunshine a year. So we're uh, now I'm inside at podcast talking to you while it's sunny outside. So yeah, nice. Yeah. It's actually cloudy here. Um, It is 45 degrees outside and rainy. So that's unusual that that it would be like this right now in March. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. For sure. That's Houston. You never know what Texas weather will do for you. Well, Rob, why don't you tell us just a little bit about your background, uh, introduce yourself to listeners and how you became a Christian. And then ultimately, you know, I think we'd love to hear also for the X29 podcast, how you got involved with with X29. Yeah, um, I uh, married my high school sweetheart about 23 years ago. Her mom was my uh, my senior year high school English teacher. And uh, to get out of reading any of the books, I basically started dating her daughter and uh, she she stuck with me. So I'm, 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 I'm grateful for that for sure. Um, we got four kids. Our oldest is now off to college. So we're kind of learning how to do a uh, tr- transition into that like empty bedroom, empty seat at the dining table. It was months of like crying and you're excited because they're doing what they're supposed to. But that was that was crazy. So we're just in that. We got all teenagers. So our life is busy, busy. Nighttime, we have to, my wife and I, we do the weekly schedule sync and it's, it's more complicated than running the church for sure. Um, just trying to know where everyone's going. Got an undergrad in graphic design. That's kind of what I thought my career was going to be, um, but the Lord had other plans. So I did that for a few years and then uh, just felt this tug towards seminary, studying the Bible, um, getting involved in local church more heavily. And, uh, and so that's kind of the direction we've been going for the last uh, 20 plus years or so. Um, I was raised in a, like a pseudo sort of Catholic family. My mm-hmm. mom's got 12 brothers and sisters. And so it kind of got inherited down through the generations. Um, we go every now and then, but Jesus wasn't super loud in our home, but it's crazy, man. Looking back, there was never a time, um, where I just didn't feel loved by Jesus. So I can't tell you like, this is how I became, I don't know when I became a Christian. Um, I, I was kind of like reformed before I was reformed. I think God just kind of marked <laughs> me out and, uh, you know, and always, always pursued me. Uh, it wasn't always reciprocal, but, uh, but he was faithful to get me. So, um, yeah, man, Acts 29, uh, I got involved in Acts 29 or I first heard about it probably in 2004. Um, I, uh, John Piper, I think was speaking at a conference in Seattle, Washington, which is about an hour and a half from where I live. And, uh, 
I'd never heard him speak in person. I'd only probably read one book from him, but I was like, ah, it seems like a good opportunity. I don't think I'd ever been to a conference prior to that. And so I just ended up going down with some buddies and they were hyping Acts 29 at that event. And uh, so it just kind of lodged in the back of my brain. So when we went out to to plant, it was the only network that we, we looked at. Mm. Wow. Well, that's amazing. Man. I, you know, I ask this on every podcast, I think, but I, I think I, I know I always love to hear how people get involved with X29, how they feel led to plant a church. And uh, it's always encouraging to hear different guys' stories and how God's been at work. And God's clearly been at work with you guys uh, up there in Washington and some of your passions and your desires for training church planters. And so for those who aren't familiar with A29 Equip, I, I've heard, I think Brian Howard say this before, that it's one of the best kept secrets in X29. And it should not actually be a secret anymore um we should so now this is kind of like the hey this is not a secret we want everybody to know about this so for those who aren't familiar with a29 equip explain what it is how it works and what's what's your vision for it yeah a29 equip um provides uh curriculum for local churches to use to to make mature and multiply disciples and churches Uh, the current curriculum that's offered through 89 equip is there's 10 courses that are built from our acts 29 competencies and it was built as a turnkey church planning residency for our local churches to be able to implement um, really in a huge range of sizes of churches, context of churches is how we've seen it, um, really just to try to get good tools in their hands so that we can deliver on the our, our, our mission of planting churches that plant churches. Um, the, the big vision for 1809 Equip really is that, that every church that doesn't have one would be able to have a, a new Christian to new church pipeline. And so, you know, like I'm super passionate about it, if someone meets Jesus in our church, how do we how do we take them from that spot and intentionally walk them through a process that they can mature in Christ and, and maybe be a part of a church planning team or be a lead pastor? And yet we need we need some sequences or steps to do that. And so that's that's really what's driven the development of Equip is like our church didn't have that. I kept trying to go and find it and I couldn't find it anywhere. And, and so that's why it ended up getting built. Um, pro- probably like the the. The big thing for me, like when I think about um, like why I'm so passionate about this, why I want to see our churches have this, is I, I, I think about um, how, how it's worked out in our church. So uh, give you an example. There's a guy named Claude Acho who showed up at our church. Um, he was 22, uh, senior. We're in a university town. He's a senior at our, at our university. And uh, he showed up and said, man, I don't, I don't know, but I, but I think maybe God might be tapping me on the shoulder to plant a church. And I was like, okay, man, we'll show up at 4.30 tomorrow morning at Starbucks. And if you show up, I know you're serious. If you commit to the church, I'll commit to you and I'll start to train you and develop you. And so I started doing that. And, and really what I did was begin to walk him through a process of what do, you, what do you need to learn? Where are you at? What do you need to grow in? What are the skills we need to test? You know, let's talk about character. Let's talk about your heart, all these different things. And through that, what ended up happening is that pretty soon, we, we in our church, we kind of talk about being like a teaching hospital or like a barber school where it's like we'll tell people like hey you might get a bad haircut but you're probably not going to lose an ear and so that means that we bring a lot of guys in and and they get to throw for the first time from our pulpit and so Claude was one of those guys I said man if you're going to go plant a church I got to see if you can preach and so I said hey here you know gave him Memorial Day weekend said hey you're going to preach um and uh get ready but don't miss the opportunity to invite the guys you're on mission with 
into the church so they get to hear the gospel. He, at the time, was running a hip-hop Bible study at our university, um, really connected with all the Hoopers, and so basically just invited that whole crew of guys down. And he had, it, was, it was just awesome, man. This whole, whole, whole crew shows up on a Sunday. One of those guys is a guy named Pete Carlson who um, showed up and then never left. And uh, we got to baptize him uh, the next Easter. Um, and uh, he got involved in helping to co-lead this hip-hop Bible study. It began to grow. So we, we were like, dude, this guy's got some leadership gifting. Let's see if he can multiply it. He multiplied it, began to see more people meet Christ. It was just awesome. But here, here's where, like, where I think something like Equip comes in is that as he was getting ready to graduate, it was like, well, how do, what do we do? This guy might be a potential church planter. He might be a future pastor. Maybe he, So what do we do with him? Well, for us, we had a new Christian and new church pipeline. And so I said, well, let's get him into our foundations year. So it's about a nine-month foundations, just really making sure like doctrine and gospel, devotional life, you know, all that, you know, relationships and missional lifestyle, but at a, at a, at a more mid-level. And so he began to do that. And so I'm training Claude, and, and I'm like, man, Pete's got something. I think you should go talk to him about planting a church. And so, you know, Pete's maybe graduated, getting close to graduation, getting close to 22, 22 and a half or so. And, and Claude's like, dude, have you ever thought about planting a church? And Pete's response was he was getting a degree in business. He's like, no. And so Claude comes back and tells me that. And I'm like, well, go ask him again. And so Claude goes and asks him again. And he says, Pete, dude, we really think you should think about this. And Pete said, well, maybe. And I was like, well, dude, maybe strong enough for me. And so yeah, we said, yeah, what we want you to no do. To maybe is pretty good. Yeah, no to maybe. We're, we're moving the needle. And so what happened was, is we said, hey, you're finishing out a, a, a nine-month foundation. The next step we'd like to invite you into is to go to a two-year church planning residency, which was really the, the kind of like the, the nucleus of what equipped is now. And so we said, come into this two-year two residency, um, go raise some support, get a part-time job, you know, whatever you need to do. We figure that out. And he began to walk through this two-year residency as we were basically seeding and scouting for church planting. Um, eventually, Claude went off. He planted in Boston. That church is doing great. He ended up down in Memphis um, where he helped uh, another church get going. And now he's moving up to, to um uh, Charlottesville to plant another church. Uh, Pete got to the end of the residency, and we were about ready to send him out to to Oakland. And uh, and he actually ended up saying, "Hey, Rob, you keep sending out all the guys you train, and you've been trying to hire a community life pastor for a year and a half. Maybe I should stick around and do that." So now he's our community life pastor. But it came through, and here's here's where it came through. If we didn't have a track, if we didn't have something specific to walk him through. The chances of him being in the spot he's in, serving our church as faithful as he is, just wouldn't have happened. You know, and so like when I look at our churches, there's so many guys like Pete that are there that we have to unearth, but we have to have some sort of sequence to 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 see him, to to seed to seed it, to to vet them, to to walk them through a process. And so really for, for me with Equip, it's like I don't want our churches to miss out on this incredible opportunity. I mean, we got we got people, men and women in our churches that God has called and gifted, um, but they just don't know it yet. And so, you know, like when I quit um, doing graphic design, I was I was commuting home from work in Seattle and I felt like the Lord was like, dude, you need you need to go to seminary. I'd never thought of it. It wasn't on my radar screen. I had a totally different career. So I go home. I quit my job. We moved 3,000 miles to, to north of Boston. My wife and I do. We've been freshly married. And I go to seminary and then end up eventually becoming a pastor and planting. And I just thought about how, how, rare, how, how infrequent that would be. At that point as a 24-year-old, like, oh, I'm going to quit my career and, 
and I don't know why. And so I was like, I wanted to create different opportunities for guys to be able to test this call, to explore it without having to relocate, without having to shell out a ton of money to, to go off to school, without having to change their careers. Um, yeah, and so that's that really, like, I love this. I, 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 our local churches having clarity on how do you take someone as a new Christian and walk them up through a process to a new church. That's so good, man. It's such a great tool. Um, you have so many great classes in there. So, so let's break down real quick. How does it, how does it work? Like how much does it cost? Um, what are some of the like faculty or some of the teachers or that are in these videos and stuff? So give some of those details that people, as they you know want to go check out the website, what are they going to find? Yeah, right now it's set up as a subscription model, so it's ten bucks a month for full access to the the ten courses that currently exist. Um, uh, it's got guys like uh, Matt Chandler and Greg Allison and Brian Howard and Larry Osborne and uh, Rich Plass and Jim Cofield and Jeff Vanderstel, just some like really good pastors practitioners um, that that basically we captured a ton of video content from them. And then um, curated a bunch of different reading key prompts. And so the, the model of Equip, what it uses, because what I wanted to do was produce something that a church, like when we first started running residencies in our church, we were probably right around 100 people. Um, is within you know three or four years of planting, um, weren't huge, didn't have a big budget, didn't have a big staff. And I was like, how can we do something that's sustainable? And how can we do something that's reproducible so that the way we train our people, they could actually then go train as well without having huge resources. And so the way it's structured is you sign up for a class um, and it's what's called a flipped classroom model. So it's like you get a lot of the content dump on your own and then you get together in a cohort and you basically do Socratic interaction through the through the material. There's typically a couple of key projects through each course. Um, and so, yeah, if you, if you jump on there, you can do, there are people that do one-off courses. There's churches that run full programs. There's churches that modify programs um, to kind of tailor the material to, to their specific people. So there's a lot of flexibility with how it's, how it's run, but that's the general kind of structure of it. Yeah, and you have a handful of topics on spiritual formation, um, stuff like, you know, the devotion life of a, of a pastor, of a planter, of a Christian um, call relationships, marriage and family. I mean, they, a, a lot of things that require, you know, really an in-depth assessment and some self-reflection stuff that you just can't, okay, I learned this theological information and move on, but it requires some actual integration, um, into your spirituality and into your life. So why does that matter? And why is that critical for theological learning? Yeah, well, I mean, I think probably the biggest thing is what we're trying to do is not information transfer, but transformation. And so I think when you get that lives on lives, um, you're getting exposed to content, but then in, a, in the context of community, you're able to really truly work it out. So like if you're in the relationships course um, and you're talking about how this interacts, well, you're getting to see it lived out in the context of a local church that is doing life together. Um, and so it's like, we don't want to talk about what it looks like to have a good marriage. We want to be able to create a context where we can talk about where we're struggling and then have people that can actually help us process through that. And so, yeah, the, all the material, and that's why, I, that's partly what I love about the 89 competencies is that, um, their competencies. It's not just information. I don't, I'm not just trying to pass a test. I'm actually trying to right. have virtue formed in me in a certain way to be a certain type of, of person. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's so good. Um, and I know that we've got some new classes that we're working on uh, as the director of assessment for X29 and you and I, we've been talking about what are things that would be helpful. Um, and so even though we have these classes now, there are more coming and we will keep adding to A29 Equip here at X29 to give you guys more resources to help you train other planters, other pastors. And so if you, you will go and look at the website and you'll see these 10 and you'll think, man, these are great. And they are. And there'll be even more coming. Uh, Rob and his team are keep getting creative and talking with Tony Marita, our uh, director of theological training, and how we can keep serving our churches to plant more healthy, uh, multiplying churches throughout the United States and throughout the world. Uh, this is on the Internet, so you can access it anywhere. Uh, so if you're listening over in Australia and you want to check out 1899 Equip, go check it out. If you're in uh, Burkina Faso and you want to check it out, check it out. It's all there on 829 Equip. Uh, so, so this platform, as you were talking about, it allows you to form groups to walk through the program together. Why is it important, as you were just saying, to, to be in a cohort and to, to seek to learn together as a planter or, or church planter? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that, um, boy, there's so many ways you could answer that. Um, partly it's like church life is, it's it's like a team sport. Discipleship is a team sport, and it's it's uh getting people together with different perspectives, different frame of references that pushes us out of um, our own paradigms a little bit. So like one of our cohorts, we had a guy um, that was prepping to go to the East Coast and a guy that was prepping to go to the Middle East to a completely unengaged people group. And they were both being trained in the exact same cohort. And so one of the things I loved about that is every time you wanted to say, this is how church is done, it's like you had two totally different contexts that they were looking at. And it really pushed us to... to be very heavy on function um, and be very flexible with form. And so I think it's like that, that sort of example. I think that you have uh, different life experiences. And so like in our courts, we had one guy that was working on a, uh, his dissertation, getting his PhD in theology. And one guy that was, was, um, was, was working more of a blue collar job with a big family and trying to juggle that life as he runs a warehouse. And it was like that, that was incredible because it allowed each of them to see insights into the context that, that, or the, the people that might be in their context that are different than them. Um, like personally, man, as I run this stuff, I mean, I help compile it, but every time I go through a, a cohort gathering, I learn something new from, a, from the people that are there, from the range of age, just the way they read the text, something that, that got drawn out of a text that I've never seen before when they interacted with a new concept, um, you know, man, I mean, some of it's just super inspiring. Like I think about this one guy who was like 72 years old and I was, it was he was part of a cohort that I was running and uh, came to me after our gathering. He was like, he was weeping and we'd been talking about the Trinity and we we're talking about how we commune with the triune God, Father, Son, and Spirit in this dynamic way. And uh, and he's weeping after, I was like, what's going on, man? He's like, Dude, I, he goes, I just, I feel like I've, I've been a Christian 50 years and I've never been told this before and I feel like I've missed out on so much and this is so incredible and you know I've been doing theology for 25 years pretty heavily and it's like I haven't I haven't had that fresh insight like that in so long that it just melted me it's like you know it's like when other people are on fire man it's contagious and uh and so that's like I love that cohort setting for the shared learning I think the shared inspiration I think it's like man we're all kind of running the same direction I think that the accountability of it um, that you get pressed on. I think the disagreements that happen are huge. So like, you know, you interact with a group of, a group of people around a question or a concept. Um, it's great because after a little bit, everyone gets comfortable with each other and they start 
honestly disagreeing, which just sharpens all of our thinking um, and pushes on us. So, yeah. Okay. So, so break down what a cohort gathering would look like. So you've got the, you know, if I'm, if I'm taking these eight to nine quick classes, I log on, I watch the videos, I do the reading, it tells me, and I answer the questions that are there. So then when I go and I meet up maybe with other residents at our church, uh, what, what does that cohort gathering look like? What would be an example uh, of what that gathering could look like? Yeah, for ours, we would do 6 a.m., uh, meet for two hours, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m., meet in a room with some couches and a whiteboard. And the way Equip is structured is during the week, they've looked at their Bi- the Bible passage. If there's a video, they've watched a video. If there's reading, they've read. If there's any like pre-thinking prompts, they've engaged with that. And then they show up, and there's usually like four or five questions that we're going to tackle that are built from that content during that cohort gathering. And so it typically starts with, um, we would go around in a circle and uh, just read the passage. We Whatever, usually there's multiple texts that we're going to look at. So we would just go one guy after another would read the text, which to be honest with you is like one of the most worshipful things is just to sit there and like slow down enough to just hear the word of God read. And so we just read that, um, usually pray just a little bit. And then I would just ask a question or one of the guys in the group would ask a question and we just ask the question and then we would go and we would sit there and maybe whiteboard stuff, record answers, challenge each other and interact. And then at some point when it was time to move on to the next one, we'd move on to the next question. Same thing. And then we just basically repeat that for like two years. Um, and then a church planter pops out the other side. So that's basically how it's worked. <laughs> it's, it's that, it's that, it's that easy. It's that, no, you know, well, and part of it though is like why I love local church training like this. It's so accessible in terms of cost and work and geography and all this is that most of the people that we've run through residencies haven't gone and planted churches, but they've grown as disciples. You know, they, they've become group leaders or they become deacons or elders or they, man, they're just better dads or or they're just on mission a little bit better. And so I think that's one of the one of the cool things that comes out of something like this. Yeah, I love that, man. You know, well, let's think of how this could benefit guys who are already church planters, uh, already pastors, maybe in different stages of their ministries. So how, how would a guy who, you know, he planted his church 10 years ago, how would he gain from 829 Equip? And then what about somebody who's just trying now to discern their their conviction and, and trying to wade through any kind of combination they've received from others to, to go and plant too? Yeah, well, I think about, like, I got assessed in 2006. Um, that was a long time ago. It doesn't mean I would still get approved now. And I think that, so if you've planted a long time ago, I think revisiting our competencies in Acts 29 regularly um, and the micro skills and attributes, I think it's just a really healthy thing. And so I think it's a good gut check for me as I'm going through this material is how am I doing with this stuff? Have I gotten sloppy with my theology? You know, have I let my my marriage drift? Um, have I lost a sense of my my call or my common day, you know, am, am I still commended in the same way? So I, I think it's a great way to kind of go through and basically just do a, do a snapshot, man, like basically do ongoing assessments all the time. So I think for guys that, that have been in for a while, I think it's like, um, you know, something we do, and I, we started this a long time ago with all of our discipleship, but definitely our residencies is um, we give, we give assessments on the very front end of working together. And so it came out of years and years of doing assessments in Acts 29. We get to the end of the assessment 
And I might ask a question to, to, to this couple. I'd be like, okay, hey, when's, you know, everything's great. They're, they're killing it in theology. They're killing it in their marriage. They, they just seem to have great relationships. Um, their devotional life is, is banging. Um, but then you ask them a question like, hey, when's the last time you had a non-Christian, you know, in your home for dinner? And they might say, well, we don't really know any non-Christians. And it would break my heart because it's like this couple that had so so much to offer would be told like, hey, I, we just don't think this is, is, you're not ready yet. You need to go invest, you need to go develop a relationship with non-Christians if you're going to be a planter. And so that kind of hit me after that happened enough times. I was like, man, we got to we gotta move the assessment up. It's like if someone would have asked that guy, if that guy was in my church, he, he would have been, we could have asked him that question two years ago. And he would have he would have killed the answer. And so basically, what we started doing is moving assessments to the very front end of all of our training. And so, like, how somebody who's been in it a while is like, do the assessment again. Like, ask the questions. Uh, actually, on on the the Equip website are is a it's a ton of like diagnostic questions to do prior to entering into a residency or prior to entering into a cohort is to get kind of that. And what it does is it's it's going to point out. Um, what things are strong, you know, what's got affirming in you, but also points out like, here's the things that I probably need to focus on. Cause not all of us have the same areas that we need to focus in the competencies. You know, it's like, man, I might be great at these seven. Okay. At these two and really, really, really lagging behind on this one. So I think that could be very, very helpful. Um, I think for guys that are leaning into like, is God calling me to plant a church? Um, I definitely think the call course can be really helpful for that. Um, I think just an opportunity to kind of sit underneath, like this is what it means to be a planter. Um, I think the entrepreneurial course is going to be a mountain of work, and it's a good one to look at, like what size engine do I have? I think the leader course was, is really helpful in terms of just saying, am I wired in such a way, and or, or do I have the skills right now to be able to lead not just um, some a few disciples or a community of disciples, but do I have the opportunity? am I a leader of an organization? And right. so a lot of that walks through, you know, in the leader course, like we're doing the paradigm of, you know, leader of self, leader of others, um, leader of leaders, leader of an organization. And that's partly what we're always trying to test and vet and also refine and grow. Yeah. Yeah. It's so important. I, I love how it's all structured and how it ties into our X29 competencies, of course, because being a pastor, being a church planter, um, those number one, those are very different. Um, not every pastor is a church planter, but every church planter is a pastor. So there are some similarities and some differences that, that we need there. But then also too, like to be a pastor, to be a church planter, it's a lot more than being able to preach a, a good sermon. Like you got to be able to lead. You have to be, you have to even know more than just theology. Like sometimes we think guys, man, he's a great theologian. Oh man, he's a good teacher. He should totally be a pastor. He should totally be a church planter when that may not be the case that he should explore his leadership giftings. He should explore um, his ability to really call others into mission. Uh, there's so many other things that that 8 equip goes through. So, man, I, I love it. Um, what, tell, tell guys the website and any other information you'd, we'd want them to, to know about 8 to equip Yeah, 829equip.com. That'll take you and give you a, just a good overview and connect you with the library. Um, the, the big... The big project we're working on right now that I'm super excited about is a foundations series, which is going to be about 12 courses geared towards every disciple in our churches. 
um, so that we have kind of the front end of that new church to or new Christian and new church pipeline. And so the current courses that exist are a turnkey church planning residency. And so what we're trying to do is fill in that front half so that we can give our churches something that they can use um, if they don't have something or they can take and modify um, so that we can, you know, make disciples and make disciples that plant churches for the glory of Jesus. So, yeah, that's, that's what that's what's coming. That's what we're working on. So, amen. Super exciting. So, guys, go and check it out. Um, if you're an executive pastor or maybe you're like a discipleship or a spiritual formation pastor at your church or the church planning pastor at your church, go and talk with your lead pastor, talk with your elders about the A29 Equip program and how your church can start using it uh, right away. Start implementing it this fall or, or whatever the case may be for you and in your context. Well, Rob, one of the ways that we end the Acts 29 podcast, the way we end it, is with three final questions, okay? So here we go. What is a great book you've read recently that you'd want to recommend? Yeah, great book. I don't know if it's a great book. I keep recommending it, and I'm getting mixed reviews. I thought it was phenomenal. Uh, a book called God of the Garden uh, by Andrew Peterson. I listened to it audible while I was trail running in the in the mountains around my house. And so it might be just the context of a book about trees while you're running <laughs> in the trees just yeah. just did yeah. something for me. But I thought it was I thought it was great. Really creative, very clever way of writing a book. So yeah, I read the I haven't read that one. I read the one that came right before that. The, yeah, uh, Adorning in the one. Dark. The, that one, yeah, that one was good. That was interesting. It was great creative stuff. Okay, what's a what's your go-to order in a coffee shop? Uh, cappuccino. Okay. You know, I've, I've broken the mold today. I usually have coffee when I'm recording, but I'm actually having a green tea right now, Ooh. which is unusual. Yeah, so I, I thought I'm going to do something a little different today. So like caffeinated, probably, caffeinated, uncaffeinated? Like it's ca- Oh, it's caffeinated for sure. Okay, yeah, it's okay. Caffeinated. I didn't so know if you're I, trying I hope, to just limit your intake. <laughs> you know, I usually only have like one or two cups a day. I, I, I'm not one of those people who has seven, like seven, five or whatever. I'm, I'm, I keep it pretty normal. But uh, so I hope no listeners of the podcast gotten any wrecks or tripped while they were running or anything that I'm not drinking. Coffee. <laughs> I'm, I'm having, having tea. Yeah. Okay. La- last question. What's your favorite verse in, in our scriptures and why? Man, favorite's like an impossible question for that. Um, but one that's really tethered to... Um, what we're talking about is Second uh, Timothy two one through two. I got a bit of a pet peeve if we only quote verse two. You got to quote verse <laughs> one with it um, yeah. because I just think it like encapsulates like everything we need to to make disciples to make disciples. It's you then my child, be strengthened by the graces in Christ Jesus and what you've heard from me in the presence of many witnesses. Um, and trust a faithful man that will be able to teach others also. And so I just, I love that. It's gospel identity, gospel tenacity, gospel fluency, which ultimately, by God's grace, produces a gospel legacy. So, Amen. Hallelujah. Well, Rob, thank you so much for coming on to the X29 podcast. Absolutely, man. Jeff, thanks for having me. And listeners, be sure to go to A29Equip.com. Go check it out. Sign up. Explore the courses. You will love it. Um, I, I can't wait to hear how God uses it in your church. Well, this episode of the podcast was edited and produced by Aaron Logan. Show prep and research was done by Renelle Panero and Christy Britton. And I'm your host, Jeff Metters, the Director of Assessment for X29. And remember, brothers and sisters, let's keep planning churches into the ends of the earth.